protože promiňme dalekou and drop the sunglasses um, straight off the back of the jet ski and never seen again. Oh, really? Mm. Down to the bottom of the uh, Somerset Dam? Gone ski. You know they make ones that float, right? Yeah, I know. And a yeah. head strap. That's probably, yeah, don't spend $300 oh, on glasses. Oh, what strap? A head strap. Like oh, a cord. Welcome to the Ted Shed. It's Jason and Glenn coming to you from Springfield, Queensland, where we talk all things local and beyond. Nothing is off limits, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. That's good. good. I've just got a bar question. Can we start on that? Yeah, sure. Um, So you've got a keg or two kegs in here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not an an officiato in beer as as Mm. a non-drinker, right? Um, just give me a bit of a run through on your setup there. Like you obviously tinker with the gas a bit, right? So mm. if you, you've got a keg, mm-hmm. sometimes you know you're blowing out a, a lot of froth, you know, through the taps there, and then you make an adjustment and it's under and over. What's the what's the deal with gas and and, and kegs? So in layman's terms, is imagine you blow into a popper, right? So the more pressure you put in, the pressure faster it comes out. Right, okay. So that's, yeah, some beers are carbonated as they go into these kegenators. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that Loose Moose at Browns Plains, who I've just recently switched to, um, have carbonated beer. Um, but the place where I used to use, which was um, Monkey Tree, yeah. wasn't carbonated. So if that's carbonated, you don't mm. need to gas it? Like is uh, there enough- A little less gas. Correct. Right, okay. Yeah, so yeah, it still needs something to propel the Well, the yeah, it's out. like a popper. If yeah. you don't blow into it, it doesn't come out. Right. So, so you're pressurizing the bottle to force the liquid out. Correct. Right. Correct. So, if you've got too much pressure, the head on your beer is like a ice cream. Mm-hmm. And if you've got too little pressure, it comes out like a 70 year old man trying to take a piss at 2 a.m. Right. You just yeah. Just so you basically what you're tweaking. And does that change as the as the keg goes down? Like when it's full, obviously the mm-hmm. the, the air gap is smaller. And correct. Halfway, then there's a bigger space. So you're just adjusting. Is it so? The emptier the keg gets, the more gas you put in. Yeah, to correct. fill the void. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Exactly. You have to have that pressure constant. Yeah. Um, and to get that last bit out of the popper, as you know, if you're blowing in a popper in a schoolyard, yeah, to get that last bit out, you put a lot of pressure in to get those last bits and out. It blows out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, that's so how the it works. pubs, the pubs have that. I mean, like, how many of the bar staff would be sitting there adjusting gas pressures and no that throughout one. the night? No, no one. They'd have a they'd have a certain guy yeah. down in the in the cold room. Changing kegs and adjusting pressure. And just maintaining. Right? Mm-hmm. There you go. No, yeah. I just observe that when you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just put my beer pour that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the easy way when I'm a bartender here, mate, is just grab a can or a, a bottle out of the fridge and then crack the top off it and hand it over, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, pouring that's obviously a bit of an art. Oh, well, it, not only pouring it, but maintaining the gas so the beer comes out right. That's right. And it, and it comes down to, uh, and not that I'm a <laughs> professional with the beer, but yeah. um, it comes down to temperature. Mm-hmm. And also the temperature in the in the what would you call that the um little stock, yeah yeah. So that that thing there needs to be. No, no, I'm pointing. We're on radio, but podcast. <laughs> it's a visual medium. <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about the big, I guess, yeah, steel pipe that's above the bar that's got yeah. the taps hanging off it, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. chilled as well to maintain the, the temperature through the pipe. That's up right. To the tap. And then also like your glass temperature is another big thing. Mm. So if you're using a hot glass straight out of the dishwasher Mm. and you come and try and pour a beer, well, it gasses more because it's hot. So it starts to evaporate that beer. So having the glass at the right temperature also. So is it a cold glass or just a room temperature glass best? Cold. Cold Cold. is best. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So to match the same temperature as the beer. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I normally run my, my, my beer fridge at about three degrees and my uh, glass fridge at about three degrees. Yeah, I remember when mm. we, were, we were doing the YouTube show and we were talking to Dave. He was from the... Um, oh, Ballistic. Ballistic, yeah. yeah. Like he was talking about the science of beer, but we never mm. really discussed... You know, I just talk, he talked about ageing of beers and, you know, time in the can and, and the yep. process, but we didn't Remember really... when I went to pour him a beer or I opened a beer and I was like, oh, there you go, mate. He's like, I need a glass. Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah. Because he's like, oh, that needs to air. And it's like, I was like, fuck, it's not wine. Yeah. But obviously there's a, yeah, there's we, a we chemistry even, to it, right? We didn't even go into kegs and pouring out of kegs and, no. and, and that gas side of things. Like, it's just a whole, it's an incredible industry, right? Like, mm. I mean, there's the commercial side and then there's the hobbyist side and, and stuff. Yeah. And the, and the hobbyist side is becoming massive. Yeah. Do you know what and I mean? You're like a bit of a hybrid though, right? Like a hobbyist, but you can just take your keg down and like you're saying to different mm-hmm. people and, and get the flavors or the types of beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I get one called Stone and Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, a like. Yeah, right. It's basically. a like Stone and Wood. It's yeah, not it's the, not Stone yeah. and Wood, okay. but it's the the closest thing. The hops are brewed the same. The taste is similar. Yeah. Um. So that gives us that Stone and Wood feel, but mm-hmm. it's not Stone and Wood. Yeah. You know. Um. But I buy nineteen liters of beer, so that's quite a bit of beer yeah. for about one hundred and twenty bucks. Right. How many yep. glasses would you get out of that? Like, so do you um, sort of do a so breakdown? Schooners, you'd be about you'd be about forty five schooners, right? Which is four hundred and twenty five mil per glass. Mm. Um, so if you were at a pub, at four, you know, if you went that many schooners at a pub, yeah, um, you know, at ten dollars a beer, yeah, is it economical though? Like to do it that way because you've obviously got to consume what's in that keg within a, a certain period of time. Like, what's the difference of you just going and buying? You know, like a carton of beer. Like you're saying, you've got yep. so many drinks in there in a can, chuck them in the fridge. Like, well, yeah. where do you think the, the value is in the keg? Um, yeah. When you pour a beer over a bar, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I'm not going to disagree, <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. pour your mate a beer, you're pouring it like you're at a pub. Yeah. So that's probably the, um, you don't mind paying a bit extra for that. Yeah. Um, so with Loose Moose, um, which are down at Brown's Plains, and not that we're, sponsored by them or anything but no. um that's, that's where you're getting your current that's where i'm supply. getting my current supply from um no preservatives right. so preservatives give you hangover right so um basically yeah you've got six weeks to drink 19 liters right. so if you're having an event like as you know jace i don't fill these kegs all the time but if yeah. i'm having an event like my engagement party's coming up yeah um i'll fill both the kegs and we just pour beers over the bar and you'll just use that happy up. days and then once that's empty if it's gone through the night you just go to cans yeah just go to cans yeah. that's correct right. but it is cheaper because yeah. 19 liters of beer for 120 bucks yeah you know if you do the math on a, on a 30 pack of cans at mm. 375 that's only nine liters of beer yeah and you're probably paying 46 so you're 18 yeah look you'd be close with a gold yeah or something like that that's commercial yeah. but you haven't got that experience of pouring someone oh, a bar t- and giving it wouldn't be the ted shed without taps and no, pouring out like a bar that's right? exactly yeah. right yeah. mate yeah. you know and and that's a part of the feel you know to, to pour someone a beer and give it to them and have a chat that's what yeah. we're about yeah it's about you know that. So, yeah, nice. and I gave up drinking for a year, as you know. Yeah, so the, the taps would have sat dry for a while. They did, yeah. mate, yeah, and um, I only recently filled them. I had my work Christmas party recently because mm-hmm. uh, we're in the festive season, and, um, um, yeah, so I had to go down and get them hot washed out and because uh, I still had some beer in the in the kegs. Right. Um, so they sterilise all the, the kegs before they, they refill. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they sat dormant for a very long time. Right, back in action. No, it's mm. good to see. I mean, I love the um, yeah. The, I can see all the 
the moisture. So you that that um, I don't know what you call it, but yeah, the, the steel pipe. <laughs> if we're going to use layman term, <laughs> yeah. that coming Jump above. On. Let us know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we could probably Google it, but yeah, it'll have yeah. a term. But so a lot of those you see in in pubs, and that'll be frozen, like have the big block of ice around it. But yeah. yours is yours is cooled mm. and has moisture on it, but it's obviously not cold enough to. To, to freeze, to, to freeze. Yeah, yeah. I think the ones in the pubs are they have actually a separate cooler or something, don't they? they yeah, they do. They have a separate cooler for that, yeah. and it actually freezes that outside to give it that cold look. So when when they're pouring you a beer commercially, yeah, um, you think, oh god, it's a hot day. I'm going to have an ice. Yours cold has beer. just been cooled basically from the from the fridge. From the right? fridge, so it yeah. doesn't go any 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 lower than three degrees. Yeah, so it's got it's missing the separate piece. That's, no, that's right. Awesome. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit of um, a little bit of history. Yeah, or well, not history, but a little bit of insight. Yeah, a bit of understanding about. Exactly about yeah kegs and, and pouring beer. I mean, like I said, as a non-drinker, mate, totally oblivious to. to <laughs> well, you did drink when we had Dave in from Ballistic because I was non-drinking. Yeah, I did. Well, I tried the I, taste I, testing. I, I, yeah, my taste test is not really the same as being a drinker, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But look, it was it was funny, a funny story. Uh, I was in the city recently for work. Um, there's a couple of colleagues up from down south, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, you know, we're probably not going to see each other before Christmas, so let's go out and, and grab some drinks." And um, we went downstairs, and everyone's around. Someone, you know, someone's come around and going, "Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting this round. What do you have?" And I said, "Oh, zero, thanks." Mm. Thinking Coke Zero, right? Straight away. Oh, in my they head, got was, you a beer zero. They went and got me. I think it was a Heineken Zero oh. or something, something else like that. One of the, one yep. of the, the brands. And I've just gone, uh, "Sorry, man, I meant Coke Zero." And he goes, "Oh, well, you could drink that." And I've taken the lid off the scene. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told Harry this story once upon a time after after that event, and he said to me, he says, well, you don't drink beer for the taste. <laughs> so you can guarantee that when I, I basically had a sip of that and just went, no, nah, oh, I'll, I'll have my Coke Zero, <laughs> thanks, or a yeah. Pepsi Max. Look, um, that's a big industry now, the Zero Beers, I, and I used it as a bit, of a, um, a bit of a loophole when I gave up alcohol for a year and eight days. Yeah, well, just to keep like the, the bottle in your hand, to you know, be sociable mm. and, and still... You know, partake, like, is that what that was? Some of that, but I also like the taste of beer. Right. And I like the taste of, you know, um, yeah, you know, the non-alcoholic wines. Yeah. Um, So you can still have that same social aspect. Yeah. You can still have the same taste. Some of the beers, mate, you can't tell the difference. No, well, well, like I said, as as a non-drinker, but when I drink, yeah, that, that that's zero. Right. I've just went. Oh my god, that yeah. just tastes. It shit tastes like beer, beer right? Whether it's got alcohol <laughs> in it or not. Yeah. But if you are looking to give up beer for a period of time, that is a cheat sheet. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're at a party, yeah. you can have a beer. It's just got no alcohol in it. Happy days. Yeah. Because, and like, like, like you know, I said, and you still, you know, if you if you're, I don't know, it's probably like habit forming, right? If you're sitting mm. there and used to standing around with a, you know, a tallie or, or whatever you call it, like a, you know, like a long neck bottle yep. or something in your hand, and yep. um. You know, um, that that's, that the sort of behaviour is still there, right? You're socialising, you know, cheers and, and drink out of that. Hundred percent. But but yeah, you're just staying off the alcohol. What do you that's think? Right. That, what do you think? I mean, if that's like a transition, you know, for people who want to cut down on their alcohol but still have that. What do you think about um, people who like give up smoking and go to vaping, thinking well, that somehow, like, oh, you know, this is the safe choice? Because what I've been hearing recently, and even what I see, you know, like. Um, no disrespect to smokers. I know it's legal. Um, I, I don't get it. Um, but I just see there's been a few incidents recently, like particularly at venues, like even that place where I was talking, I, I grabbed the drink, right? Mm-hmm. People just vape 
anywhere in it. Like, it's it's, it's almost okay. like it's, well, there's a no smoking sign I'm standing under at the pub. or like, it was, No lie, I was in the Virgin Lounge on my most recent trip and I walked in the toilets and there was a guy vaping there while washing his hands. Yep. Yep. Thought nothing of it. It's yep. almost like, well, I'm not smoking. That's all right. Vaping's harmless, but That's you know, right. I'm sort of hearing that the stuff, I think someone was saying recently, like the studies like the formaldehyde mm-hmm. that's coming off, like it just seems to me that people seem to think, and, and maybe kids, right? Because I even heard that, um, I think I read an article today or something saying that the government's wanting to crack down on vaping products, mm-hmm. particularly because there's a massive uptake in teens thinking that it's safer than smoking when, when I don't think it is. Like, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think the, the, side effects of, the side effects of vaping are probably worse than smoking or mm-hmm. on the same level. Um, but I think these kids or people that are transitioning from nicotine cigarettes to vaping um, think that it's more socially acceptable to do whatever they like. Yeah. And that's not the case at all because, um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of health issues still with vaping, like popcorn lungs and, yeah. and things like that, water on the lungs. And um, Do you think it's not as, like, I, I don't know if it is being, I'm not even a reform smoker. Right? I'm not one of these guys who used to smoke and yep. now can't stand smoke. I just, mate, but I can be in the city and dead set, like my radar is I could pick a smoker up from 30 metres away. Mm, right, even just picks up in the wind and blows. You know, even yep. when we were on the, that recent camping trip, I think we spoke to Howie about a while ago. Yeah. Um, sitting there on the beach, right? And we're sitting like six cars parked along. And we're standing and there on the beach having a chat. And all I could there was like smell like smoke. I couldn't see the smoker, but they're obviously like, you mm-hmm. know, 30, 40 metres downwind and this stuff's just blowing through in clusters. Yeah. Vaping yeah. doesn't seem to have that same effect. Like mm-hmm. if, if I'm close, you know, but it doesn't seem to have... Like for me personally, if if I'm in a room with a smoker, it would infect. You know, I can. It, it labors my breathing, right? But yep. if somebody, like I said, when I walked into the lounge and you know these guys vaping in the toilet, I sort of walk past and I go, "Oh, it's an odd smell," but it didn't didn't seem to have the same. It's you know what I mean. Like it doesn't yeah. have that same texture or same impact on your breathing. And I'm just yeah. said once again, I'm just wondering if if once again that's reinforcing people just vaping anywhere because they can just go. And I'll just sit here, you know, quietly holding my hand. Mm. Like when I'm not inhaling the thing, it's not like a cigarette that's just you know constantly letting off smoke. They just hold it in the hand, take a suck, and then try and blow it out, you know, down to the ground. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't seem right. I'm just and wondering. The smell's if they... not as intense. Yeah, do you find that the smell's not as bad. Yeah. So do you think that they're just like going? This is just a cheeky way to you know to get my fix, but because yep. I'm doing it more subtly, like that's okay. Well, it's habit. Yeah. It's habit putting something to your mouth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's where smokers struggle the most. And, and you, you see most smokers, Jace, when they quit, they put on 30 kilos because they feel like they need to put something in their mouth. Yeah. And they, they, they use food. Yeah. Um, we were at the Brisbane Lions uh, grand final and um, I seen a lady there and that's a total non-smoking event. Yeah. As you can imagine, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, it's a stadium. Um, and she was obviously from Melbourne mm. um, and she was up in the back corner Five meters from my kids, yep. vaping, vaping, yeah, mm-hmm. and nothing was said. But mind you, I went to that Guns N' Roses concert mm-hmm. um, not so long ago, and same thing there, right? Full no smoking venue, mate. As soon as you get in, the lights go down and the concert's on. You could just see, like even people around us, they just don't give a shit. They just no. get the smoke out and away they go. Or they're vaping and they're sitting in there and doing that. But once again, I mean, there's no enforcement of it. But maybe it's just the fact that they go, "Oh, we're in a con- con- you know concert yeah. atmosphere. The lights are out." Yeah, well, you know, bugger anyone else around me. Yeah. And, and weed, like I said, I, that's I don't. Oh, big thing. Huge amounts of that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and I don't begrudge smokers, right? 
Well, I think it's legal. It's no different to drinking alcohol. Correct. It's just hard. Like if you're in a stadium and then, you know, there's the select people around you decide to light up. There's nothing you can do as a patron no, if you're, you're trying you're to sit passive. and enjoy the space. It's passive. And that's the thing that I get a bit yeah. frustrated about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a I have, have, have no, no qualms about people smoking by themselves, right? Yeah. Or, you know, like I said, legal product, go, go your hardest, right? But it's just a bit difficult when, yeah, you're in a, in a social situation in a venue or something like that. And, and people just decide, well, I'm going to do it, you know. Mm. Bad luck for you if you don't like it. Too bad. I'm doing what I need to do and yeah. stiff shit. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a house of smokers, mate. Like yeah. every one of my family smoked except me. Mm-hmm. And I used to get trapped in, in the van, the old L300 Express van. I don't know yeah. if you remember that, Jace, the yellow one. <laughs> and I used to literally have my head out the window. Yeah. You know, well, it's obviously illegal now, right? So if you've got kids in the car. Um, under the age of 16. 16, yeah, you're not mm. allowed to, to smoke. And when I, I mean, that legislation came in, it's, it's like with most laws, right? Queensland government or any government, you know, write a piece of paper, law problem solved because we've written the law. Mm. Um, but even after that, and I think even still today, you still do see people smoking in a car with kids in the back in a child seat. Absolutely. Right? You know, and like you just sort of think, yeah, once again, that kid doesn't. He doesn't have a choice. Doesn't, doesn't have the choice. No, um, exactly, exactly. But, you know, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, if somebody wants to smoke themselves, go their hardest. You know, yes. Yeah. As long as you just just a bit considerate. Cause the other thing, you know, I don't know what it is. It's like there's different cities, right? So like obviously here in Brisbane, I think it's five meters from any non-residential building entry, mm-hmm. right? Um, but in in the city, you know, that's just ignored, right? Yeah. It's you have banks where bank entries are, and they've got like the park bench just out front of the doors, right? And the footpath's only like two and a half meters wide or something. You know, and people come out of the office, sit on the bench there and have a cigarette and, and they're two and a half metres from the doors, not five. Yeah. Um, you know, people, I guess, stand in laneways with all the um, no smoking signs everywhere, but that's where they congregate, right? It's mm. just, I totally get that it's an addiction, right? And yeah. I, I, I can't speak to how hard it is as a smoker, right? And how it is to kick the habit or whatever. Um, but there's still, a, you know, there's still that respect, I guess, for the community. Like if, if you want to take on a smoke, great but just you got to do it in designated areas and and have some um i guess compassion you know or understanding that other people choose not to smoke mm. right um, yeah and i'm pretty healthy so it doesn't really affect me too much but i can just imagine other people out there with you know certain you know Asthma. chronic chronic lung conditions and mm-hmm. other things like that that would be pretty distressing for yeah exactly um, and then the, the, just the last thing on that um once again not trying to pile on and smoke is but just the disposal of cigarettes. Like, it's so many times, you, you know, you almost just go, I'm following a guy down the highway. Oh, yeah. And he's got that, we go out the window and you go, oh, this is going to get flicked, right? Yeah. You see a few puffs later, next thing, bang, it's flicked. Boom, gone. You know, you can understand yep. why fires start around yeah. here. But it's also in the city. Like, there's, there's once I walk through the train station out the back of Central heading up to um, Spring Hill, mm-hmm. and there's a concrete wall there. Up through Edward Street there? Uh, um, or I think the it's Jacob's straight, straight, no, straight out the No, straight out the back sort of okay. thing and, and heads up towards, I think, where the old Novotel used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. there's a concrete wall there, right? It's a notorious smoking spot. You looked over the side of the wall and dead set, you could not see the ground for the, for the cigarette butts. Mm. Like it's mm. just the whole area had just been, you know, <laughs> they were just using it as a bin, chuck it over the wall. So there's a retaining wall there. Um, I don't know how deep the pile is, but it's obviously been an activity going on for years. Yeah. And behind there, there would have been thousands of, of butts, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and but it just see- seems the thing. If you're a smoker in the city, you know, you do see that people walk up to the, you know, the ashtrays and you know, the bins and butt them out. But then there's just so many that just stand there and just flick them to the gutter and just mm. move on like it's nothing. Mm, 100%. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And look, I think it's such a big change with smoking in the last probably 10 years, would you say? 
that well, a lot of laws have been brought in through the Queensland government and yeah. legislation that you can't smoke in certain areas. Yeah. But prior to that, smoking was really acceptable. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. You I know. mean, there's probably, it's only like not that long ago, right? I mean, you remember smoking on TV and, mm, and all Benson of these things. Benson and Hedges and, sponsored bro, the cricket. Well, I even remember planes. Like, planes were classic. You'd oh. have the smoking and no smoking sections on an aircraft, right? It was almost as funny as the smoking and no smoking in, section in, in Sizzler. Yeah, or, or Sizzler. Sizzler. Yeah, you'd, you'd, I remember you'd, that. You'd sit Smoke, there with- smoking and non-smoking. There's like a fucking lattice thing there, right? Correct. Well, yeah, exactly. Sitting at one table, you know, and then there's a, like the, um, the pot plant base with a few plants in it, like yep. half-white and trees, and, then, and yep. then it's smoking on the other side. Mm. And you go, I'm just so glad that the smoke doesn't, you know, yeah, doesn't note that. across that. <laughs> oh, Could you imagine on a plane, though? I, I, mm. don't, I don't remember when <laughs> those laws changed, but you could just imagine, you know, like smoking, no smoking on an aircraft. <laughs> All through the same ventilation system. I think that oh. probably would have been the 80s. <laughs> that probably would have changed, yeah. do you reckon? Yeah. But even, even now, like, I mean, you know, I travel a lot. Different states, mm. like the cultures are different. Like Melbourne is one of those. Melbourne cities is a big smoking city. You massively walk through. You cannot go anywhere with smoke, right? You just mm. outside, inside, like doesn't matter. Laneways. Yep. They're a massive smoking uh, city. Like even yeah, my brother's got a, a, a shop on Smith Street, mm. and out the front of his shop next door is a is like a, a, a licensed venue, right? So there they've got the footpath. You know, once again, only a couple of meters wide, but they've got the front of the venue. You walk past it, and then they've got you know the. You know, like the, you know, like the metal with the um, material in it, with the advertising, like the coffee yep. kind, of, like yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of petition around yep. in a, in a like a C shape to, hold, and then they got a, a, you know, like maybe five or six tables along the front there, mm-hmm. but that's that's the smoking area. Oh right? right. So the funny thing is, you just you walk through, and that's basically all of those tables. Everyone there smoking, or you walk out in the brother's shop, and it's just a plume of smoke, and you just wow. go, you know, So there's no five meter rule there. He must love that. Yeah. And the funniest, the funniest thing that I saw, now we always talk about contradictions of laws and, and things like that. On the Gold Coast, do you know, um, do you know where that light, um, I can't remember, is it, is it um, it's in, in Surface Paradise, it's not in Cavalav, but heading just back a little bit more, I think it's the Chevron Renaissance, it's got a mall in there. And it's okay. got that, that – there's a light show, you know, you can go – Oh, fe- the fam- infinity, infinity light. Right, yeah. Yes. So in, in the, this is where yep. – this thing that cracked me up one day. So that's a mall, right? Mm. It's a closed roof. But inside is, is like – was a, an Irish pub. Mm-hmm. Right? And guess where the smoking area was? Inside. Correct, but out the front of the pub. So that actually had like a grassed area with a fence, a picket fence, and then bar tables there, and that was the smoking area. So they're smoking out the front of the pub, but actually inside a mall – like two Chairs shops, the roof. two yeah, exactly right. You walk in the front entry of Chevron Renaissance, walk past a heap of all these shops, and you're fully inside the mall. And then that's where the smoking area was. Wow. And then like two doors down is a family attraction where you line up to go in. I'm just sort of sitting there going, "How have we got to a situation where the smoking area is actually inside a mall for a pub?" Mm. I just went, "Wow!" But anyway, wow. that's the sort of things but that we it's see. Outside but- the pub. It was outside the yeah exactly out the front of the pub but inside the you know, actually it's in an in open the, air area in a mall yeah. outside the pub which is inside yeah but different yeah, different crazy. cities have different rules and I think that's probably the thing too with migration and even tourists you know like you, you can't fault people right we talked about scooters I think um, a few mm-hmm. episodes back you know yep. like you, you think you know your scooter laws here you own a scooter you can do that you go to Melbourne you go I'm going to hire one and ride it on the footpath and you go hang on totally different laws right so yep. totally get why. People get confused. You know, some people up here in Brisbane might be tourists standing out front of a shop having a cigarette. Illegal here, but perfectly legal where they come from. That's exactly right. 
Yep, exactly. So. Do you think they need to get some information on the plane on the way up? Do you think that's an option? Oh, mate, I don't think people would pay attention to that. You don't reckon? No, no. no. Look, and yeah. it, it'd be an interesting thing too. I mean, I guess it's no different if we travelled overseas and went to a, a foreign country, right? Mm. Yeah, you go Vegas. Oh, dude, right. the rules smoke, over there are non-existent. Smoke in the hotel, smoke in the casino. Do what you smoke. want. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So an American coming out to Australia is probably, you know, just going, well, this is what I'm used to. And, mm. you know, once again, they're not going to even be probably on their radar going, oh, hang on, is it, is it appropriate for me to smoke here? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like even, even Orion um, mm. is a classic, like the whole street. The precinct there is all no smoking, right? But you see people legitimately come out, sit on the garden beds in the street and light up, mm. thinking that they're probably doing the right thing, right? Because they're saying, well, I'm not inside, I've come out to the street. But the rules of that facility is that open street and is obviously full of shops and everything else. Yep. It's all a no smoking, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's probably, you know, maybe just people, it's just not front of, front of mind. You know? mm. They think mm. they're doing the right thing by, you know, not smoking inside, they're outside. Yeah. Um, but they're not purposely going, what's the rule here? You know, can I do this here? Yeah, they're not lighting up inside Orion. They're trying to go outside. Correct. But even yeah. then, like I said, but the street is still no smoke. Yeah. There, right. You know what? I, <clears throat> speaking of foreign countries, I went to America in 18. Yeah. And the rules from state to state there are massive mm-hmm. um, to the point where motorcyclists in some states don't have to wear helmets. helmets. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What the hell? But even even I learned that on like international. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to the US a few times. Um, Yeah. Just like driving, right? So certain states you can drive on an international license, but I believe in other states you can't. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, no, that's my understanding. So so you could be in a situation, let's say that you're up in Pennsylvania or something and you go, okay, I can drive on an international license. You hire a car and then go, I'm going to drive down to Washington, D.C., right? Which is... Technically, it's not that far, it's right? It's like driving from here to the Gold Coast. Yeah, you could technically drive and go into another state. But yep. you, if you cross that border, technically the other state you're heading into, you know, you don't, you don't need it. And I've seen some YouTube videos, there's some, you know, or not YouTube, but, you know, the, the reels or whatever that rock up on Instagram and stuff. Um, there's a couple of guys, I think, who were in, um, oh, where was it? Um, Beverly Hills, driving yeah. Lamborghinis and Ferraris around. Yeah, nice. And they're from Canada. Right. Right. But they got pulled over by the cops there and the cops are going, license and registration, please. And the guy's like, oh, here it is. And he's going, um, yeah, but this is a Canadian license. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but I'm allowed to drive here on an international license. He says, no, you're not. You've got to have an American issued license from the state of California. Oh. And he's going, well, no, I don't. Your legislation. Anyway, it gets into an argument kind yeah. of thing. And the cop goes, I don't give a shit. This is my opinion. Writes him a ticket. Oh. So then these guys actually then go down to the, the cop shop and, and yeah. put in a complaint. And yeah. then the guys at the precinct go, no, no, you're right. You're Canadian. You can use an international license here. See, right. that's but, but dis- even then, you're talking about yeah. you've got different consistencies and in interpretation mm. of the law for the guys out there policing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but what defence do you have? I guess if you're you know an international tourist in a city like that, yeah, you know, you're not going to question. You're just going to cop the fine, and, and yeah, most well, you don't want to get arrested. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I mean? Like even, yep. even though they're wrong, you mm-hmm. sometimes just go. I'll take the ticket. <laughs> well, we even see that in Australia. And, you know, like some of the rules here are you can't be more than three metres away from your car yep. if it's unlocked. Yep. You know, and, and then, you know, you might see something on TV where, you know, the coppers are a bit sort of concerned about a car that's parked and, uh, you know, you shared a story earlier off yep. there about um, <laughs> someone that, you know, three girls that have been out partying on the Gold Coast and uh, left their car unlocked. Mm-hmm. Um, secured yeah um the coppers were really worried about their welfare but then just let them go on their way yeah do you know like yeah. 
it, the discretion between police officers is massive. Yeah. And you know, is that the... Yeah, yeah how good is it? We're in Queensland and we're getting another night of rain here. This oh, is no. just... Crazy, bro. It's been been a while since, and I think that yeah, um, an episode mm. we recorded a bit ago, it was raining there too. Yeah, but yeah, mate, it's good to see. No, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, that episode I was talking about was um, I think Gold Coast cops or something. Okay, um, and the car the car was found on the Gold Coast. It was sort of parked a fair way from the curb on a bit of an angle. It looked a bit odd. Yep, one of the da- doors, like the you know front passenger door, wasn't closed. It was mm-hmm. open. There was a handbag inside. So the cops obviously rock up and see this car on TV and go, "Oh, hang on, something's a bit," you know. This, this looks like it's been abandoned. It looks like a girl's car. There's a handbag in the back. You know, has something happened? Has someone abducted this girl? So rightly so, they they do rego checks and find out. You know, and get get a contact number or something, and um, or find you know someone's contact yeah. information, rings yeah. them up and finds out. No, no, it's just you know my daughter and and whatever. Anyway, and during this, you know, the three girls walk back. They've been down the pub or the nightclub. Etc. And then the cops go, oh, we thought something happened to you. And they get in the car and they go, all right, you just you know be safe and make sure you lock your car in the future. Right. And that's what we were talking about. I mean, I guess off air is, you know, you're right. It is it is against the law in Queensland to be, you know, like leave your car unlocked and be three metres away from it. So yeah. if you're at a servo, you fill your car up, the windows down. Like it's different if you've got people in the car. Yeah, of course. Right? But if, if you're there by yourself, you just fill up and go inside. As soon as you're three metres away from that unsecured vehicle, it's an offence. That's crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, is, you, is that an offence because of the insurance, do you reckon? Like no, it, you, can, you can see why. We've had so many break-ins in vehicles, right? And yeah. a lot of the times you can imagine people filing a police report and go, oh, you know, I had my wallet stolen from my front seat of my car. And the cops rock up and go, oh, okay, well, we'll look into that. Was your car locked? Uh, no, mate, all the fucking windows were down. And, yeah. And, you Keys know, but, but, the I, but I only ducked into the servo and grabbed a meat pie and a drink. And by the time I paid, I came out five minutes later and someone's robbed me. Yeah. Right. And you can sort of get that. The cops and, you know, all the government has sort of gone, well, fucking. Yeah. And, look, and there's two, two sides to that argument, right? Someone's going to go, well, you know, these pricks shouldn't be stealing. Mm hmm. Right. I get that. But at the same time, I think what the industry and probably insurance and premiums, which are affecting everyone mm. going up, that industry saying, look, you've got to take some responsibility and secure your possessions. Yeah. Um, and your house is going to be the same thing, right? If you've, you've got people out who put security screens up and lock the doors and that, even when you're home nowadays, right, how many times do you hear these stories of, you know, someone's opportunity, you've got your garage door up or yeah. the front door, they just go straight in the front door. Most people will leave their keys on the, on the front on the bench on or the front counter or something. Yep. They yep. grab the keys, boop, boop, in the car, go. Yep. Right? We had that right next door to where we are on the tech shed yeah. probably five or six years ago. Yep. Yeah, right. So, and, and that's that's the way people are getting around security in cars now. It's not like I have to break into the car. All I've got to do is pick. I've just got to pick the keys up, mm. right? So that's you can right. you can see why, you know. Once again, it's it's that paradoxical thing where you know people say, "Oh, we're overregulated," but at the same time, you've probably got to take some personal responsibility to secure your stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you know, if people aren't doing that, and then you know, people are being opportunistic and stealing, well, the government start to go, well. If you're not going to lock it yourself, we'll make sure you lock it by making an offence. But mm. back back to your point about the Gold Coast show mm. is, yeah, in some instances, a cop would go, hang on, you've gone in the survey, you left your car unlocked, or your car's sitting yeah. out in your front yard and here's, you're out the back. Here's a right? fine. Here's a fine. But mm. these girls on the Gold Coast have done the same bloody thing, right? yep. left a handbag in there, haven't parked correctly and everything else, and it's like, oh, oh, good, right. good that you're on, yeah, off you go. It's good you're okay. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. So, yeah, so where's the where's the application of the law? I know that police have discretion, but you know now you're just picking and choosing, and I think that's where a lot of anger 
comes from in the community. Um, you know, like when you talk about you know, where you are, right, parking, right? You have your race trailer and, and other things like oh, that. Yeah. So, so you, when you're a trailer, you come back from a, a weekend away. Now, mm-hmm. your trailer was parked here while you unloaded your vehicle, got your race car in the shed. And then, like, the next day, you would have that trailer transported back out to its storage yep. facility, right? Yeah. But obviously, during that time, someone's complained. Mm-hmm. Council rocks up and you cop a fine. Correct. Right? But then you drive around the corner and there's mm-hmm. 12 cars in the next street as you go around the block, a truck, everything all parked illegally. But no one's put in a complaint about them. Yeah. So you got done. Right? Now, all of a sudden, you're going, hang on, why, why am I copping a fine? Mm-hmm. For park, and admittedly, right? You broke the law, or you you know infringed on a, a council bylaw or something. But you know, you start to get angry, going, "Well, hang on, why am I getting done, and then everyone else in the neighbourhood's not?" Right? Yeah, exactly. And then if council do start to crack down, like you know, I think there was a, a time here in Ipswich. Um, I remember they had a they had a vehicle with a camera fitted to it, right, and had some yeah. AI, so they could just drive around the streets, mm-hmm. and it's going. Well, this car's parked up on the curb. You know, etc. like that, would take a photo and automatically issue a fine. Now, all of a sudden, all of these people, rightly or wrongly, are doing the wrong thing. So, yeah, it's actually wrong, right? They're parking against, you know, a lot of law, which is being up on a footpath or, you know, onside the nature strip. And even if they're still on their driveway, that whole part of, you know, just because you're dri- your driveway, you know, you can park between your boundary and your house, but the section between the boundary and the street is still can't public. park there yeah right? that's all right exactly so yeah. people are parking there copying these fines and all of a sudden all these complaints go through the roof council goes oh we'll, we'll withdraw that vehicle from service because we're getting too many complaints mm. you just sit in and go hang on isn't a law a law yeah like, when, right. when does it become subjective yeah i guess it's about community awareness <laughs> about that law do you know what i mean have have the council mm-hmm. actually sent out letters to each mm-hmm. to each individual ratepayer saying in our in our you know council jurisdiction area no, that's, well that's a state law though so in queensland right you're not allowed to park your vehicle anywhere between the curb and the boundary of your property that's so state how many people know that but well how do you know every other law like how do you know that you know when you have a license like parking so far from a bus stop is a law because you parking do that from in a distance test. parking on the wrong side facing the wrong way is against the law do three meters test. from your vehicle as we just spoke about is against the law it's mm-hmm. not in your test right but some of it is no, not, not, not most of um, parking is correct, yeah. right? But things like there's never, there's never a test in your driving test or a question about parking up on a footpath, right? That's correct. That's exactly. So yeah. they don't know about that. Yeah. Being three metres from an that's insecure right. car is not on that's any right. of the tests. That's not test, on your right? test. But parking a certain distance from a corner, parking a certain mm-hmm. distance from a bus stop, parsing, mm-hmm. parking a certain distance from an Australian post box, yeah. that's all a part of your assessment okay. for your so, learners. So in that instance, then you say no, no contest, right? Mm-hmm. That's the law. That's fine. But what about, yeah, what about those other situations, all these other laws that exist? Just because you don't know about them, it'd be pretty hard for a government to go, look, here's the 300-page Bible of everything that you need to abide by in the community. They change laws all the time. You yeah. know, they might put out press releases which get on 7 News, but you're not watching it, you don't see that, you don't That's follow it. Right. right, I get it. So how do you know? No. But this is the challenge, though. You're still not knowing is not a defence. But right? if, if it hasn't been, <clears throat> if you haven't acknowledged that, how do you then get fined for it? Well, this is the thing, right? Every piece of legislation they've got, like, it's like new consent laws that they're just passing, right? There's affirmative consent. That's and, right. And she thinking that. So turn around and go, well, if, if, if we didn't hear about it on the news and well, you get charged, you it. just turn around and go, oh, sorry, nobody gave me the document to sign to say that you've passed a law and I need to know about it. Yeah. I think that's just the way it is, right? There's so many laws, and even now. Yeah, but there's laws that we don't know about, Jace. Correct. 
And then yeah. we get fined for them. Correct. Yeah. And you're not trying to do the wrong thing. Like that person coming out to Orion mm. Middle Centre trying to have a cigarette in an, in an area that's open. Yeah. They think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. But so there's so many laws that we don't know about. Then the first thing we know about is we're getting fined. Yeah. And I think maybe that's where the police discretion comes in. Like you're talking about, if council come out, I think council are pretty good in this area that the first time they'd come out and give you a heads up. Yeah, right. and they someone's did looked, with me with my race car right. trailer. Yeah, so, so look, someone, someone's complained. If you continue yeah. that behaviour, like yeah. you've been warned, right? So what, and then they come back a second time, did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, yeah. You, so, so the first so you time they, they explained everything to me. Right. Um, and then they explained the hours at the, the trailer, because I had a nine-metre-long trailer. Right. Triple triaxle. All, so all even that, if, right. even the, so my understanding too is even if that's parked on the street legally, mm-hmm. that's illegal because but of the length and the size of the vehicle, right? It's for prohibited. any longer than two and a half, two yeah. hours or three hours. So it's like people who own trucks, right? You can't bring a big rig or a truck no. or a, you know, a rigid vehicle and park them on the street. That's even right. if you're parked... You can for two hours. You're correct, yeah. But anything long, like overnight and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So we'd get home from the speedway <laughs> when I raced. Yeah. And it'd be one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not going to unload my car. I've yeah. just been to Lismore, right? Mm-hmm. I've driven home. I'm not going to unload my car bring all my shit in yeah. and then drive that trailer to Rockley to my storage centre. You'll do it the next morning. Exactly. But you've exceeded the two-hour limit. But I've exceeded the two-hour limit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There needs to be I, some I, I discretion and, on that. And, and, and hopefully that's where, but yeah, I'm, this is the thing. Council's probably gone, look, from our processes, we've come out and told you that this is the rule. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, because they're not going to come out all the time. They're not going to sit out the front of your house watching, right? So they'd probably be just doing random. Well, they random. told me they'd come back randomly. Yeah, right. So, and so then if my trailer's there randomly and it's there. Yeah. Yep. So even mu- the day you load up, for example. Yeah, if you- exactly. If I'm loading up, it's 11 o'clock, I'm loading up, I go inside to sit in the aircon because we raced in summer. Yeah. Um, and, and I wasn't leaving till 2. Yeah. If they come around at 11, they give me a fine and by They'll come back o'clock. two hours later. If you're still yep. there, you're done. done. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. And it's like, really, guys? Like, <laughs> but I'm, you know what's I'm, funny with this that? This is my sport. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I get it. And this is the thing, right? The thing, I don't think... This is, this is always a hard thing, right? And you and I have talked about many different rules and things that are just paradoxes, right? Um, look, some people would go, that's not fair. I live in a narrow street. Other people, you know, like uh, I think we spoke off air, I see people who in, you know, in older Ripswich areas where the roads are bloody eight metres wide still parking illegally, right? There's no, like, sometimes it's a defence, but we talk about in, in the areas that we live in, people turn their garages, you know, into bedrooms. So they mm-hmm. take out a double garage, lose two parking spots. Um, council would still require that their house be set back, I think, a minimum of six metres from six the boundary metres. so yep. you can still park, you know, cars on I your can't. driveway. Yeah. So if you've got all these other things and that, you know, like sometimes you talk about personal responsibility quite a lot. That still falls into that. Yeah. So some people would go, oh, hang on, but I live in a small house. I've got a single car garage and the streets are narrow. Unfortunately, it's not a defence. Mm. Right. That's, uh, and that's probably the reality of it. Um, I think the challenge is, as I said, I can see why, it's contentious for people is because like you got done and, yeah. and, and I know, you know, when I leave here, the way I head out, mate, every time I go out there, there's, there's cars parked illegally Absolutely everywhere, but there is. council will only respond to complaints here in Ipswich. Yeah. yeah. So, um, they'll come and ping you drive around the corner on the way out and pass 40 other cars illegal, but no one's complained about them. So they just turned a blind eye. Yeah. Which, which is, is what I have a problem with, right? Absolutely. If, if they're sitting in Ipswich monitoring meters proactively mm-hmm. and working on parking in the city. Mm-hmm. They should have that same responsibility out here in the suburbs. If they Everywhere. drive past or just do a random thing, and, and like that's how you communicate, right? You're talking about right. how do we know these things? 
if if council were proactive and spent more time out here in the communities, they got you know, yep. their inspectors driving around. Even if they've got a pre-templated note or something, just going, "Hey, well, that's listen, what I got. Yeah, yep. here's the here's the rules for parking in here. Yep. Right, we'll pay observe. We're going to inform people in the first instance. But if they fail to then take action, right, then then you cop the consequences. Well, then it's on you. Yeah. You know the rule, right? Yeah. Exactly. We have a uh, we've got the Springfield train station. Um, just on the other side of the highway to where I live, yep. up where the Ted Shed is. Yep. And we've got a certain a certain area on James Josie where, you know, most of our listeners that drive up James Josie might know about, um, where we have people parking two wheels onto the nature strip mm-hmm. prior to the footpath. Yeah. So that they can walk up to the train station over the big blue bridge. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The right. long, the long straight stretch, right? Yeah, so basically, man. straight stretch road houses on the right, bush land on the left. Yep. yep. But the left has got a footpath, mm-hmm. and they're parking half on the road, half off, but not on correct. the footpath, right? Correct. Yes. So they're illegally parking, <laughs> yeah, and they've correct. been doing that for years. Yeah. And, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, why aren't the council? And, and I was, I was copying warnings for my race car trailer. I'm copying, you know, all the bullshit. Yeah. Why are you not going down there putting notices is, is, on those cars? Is saying, anyone complaining though? Is anyone lodging complaints? Yes, we are. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And the council have said no because we don't have a car park there. We're discretionally letting that happen. Yeah. So See, turn then, a blind eye to it, uh, and that's the hard thing, right? So why don't they turn a blind eye? And this is the paradox. To so my race car trailer, exactly. which is a, a community sport. Well, and not only that, you're not parked there twenty four seven every day of the week. No, you're I'm talking dropping about my. You, you would bring it in when you need to load up. So you yep. might be there for five hours and then you're off. And then yep. back two days later or even that mm-hmm. night, and mm-hmm. then you get rid of the car. So you're not doing it all. It's a bit like a removalist, right? A removalist right. is going to probably back in, block half a street, do some work, right? Someone and surely in two hours, he should be getting a fine. Correct. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah. there eight hours loading up an entire house. Yeah. And the council goes, oh, but he's just moving the house. It's a bit Bullshit, hard. Bullshit, mate. This, yeah, this is the thing, right? So if they've got discretion, I think this is where community angers. Because like, like what you're talking about, those laws about parking, where they are, two wheels on. Like, There's this whole urban myth that, oh, as long as I've got two wheels on the road, I'm fine. That's just bullshit, mm. right? Others well, go, four wheels on the road is fine. Correct, yeah. You correct. can't have anything up from the gutter to the boundary. That's right. The other thing is people go, oh, I'm parking on the nature strip, but I'm not blocking the footpath, like the concrete part, so that's okay. Mm. Once again, these people, it's like playing Monopoly, right? They're making up their own rules and going, I want you, yeah. you, know, you pay your taxes <laughs> into free parking or in the centre. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. making up their own versions of, of the rules mm-hmm. and they're becoming urban myths, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is the rule's pretty black and white. So, yeah, I get it. It's, it's disappointing when council then turn around and go, oh, this, yeah, this side is a suburban street, you know, of a train station. There's, it's difficult. Yeah. So, therefore, we're going to let them do the wrong thing. That's right, because we're overpopulated in the Springfield area for that for the amount of car parks yep. we have mm-hmm. on this side of the highway for a, a walkway bridge yeah. that comes over to this side of Springfield Lakes from yeah. Springfield, maybe there should be a car park on this side. But, but maybe, there is some land allocated for it. They just haven't done anything with yeah. it. But do you think the intent of, like, see, that station there, like the pocket of land where you live in, right? If you were going mm. to go to the train station, honestly, I think you would walk, right? Yeah. Right, because there's, yep. a, there's a very large a bit beyond. Okay, so then that's when so you, you're you two drive K's from you, here. Okay, so if you're two k's and you're not going to walk, mm-hmm. that's where you either drive down to you know the car park at, at Springfield Central, or you go under and around and you park in the in the publicly allocated car park. People right? don't do that, mate. I, I know they don't, right? Yeah. So, but is that the fault of of council for not providing a car park here? Well, I think the idea of that station is it's like where I am, right? I could drive, but I can also walk. It's about a seven-minute walk. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of that train station is putting it in 
right, where there's a population. Like, we're pocketed. Like, your land here goes to army barracks next door, right? Yeah, so it's really, yeah. a, really a containment area. So what you're talking about is people who live further away yeah, we've choosing got to just further not around Lakeside Avenue. Correct. Just choosing not to either walk that extra distance or not cross over and park in a parking facility. That's right. They just want to go shortest path, not cross mm-hmm. the highway. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's 100%. fine if they park in the streets as long as they're not doing it illegally, right? Well, they are doing it illegally. Yeah, and council's turning a blind eye. Yes. And right. that parcel of land right where they're parking has been allocated for a car park yeah. for that train station. Yeah. A well, question I'll be putting to, to, to your local councillors, right? There's two of them, two of them in our division, is going, <laughs> where is that infrastructure? Mm. Right? They're too why? busy, mate, just getting in front of the media. Maybe. Mm. Right? But you, you, know, you can just see why people get frustrated in the community, right? Yep. I think there's a, there's a double-edged sword there, right? Some people, like we said, you know, turn their garages in, don't have the right house, end up having four kids who then all go and get cars and there's nowhere to, to fit them, right? Well, they have to do that because cost of living is so high. I get it, and Thank I appreciate you, it. Right? But does that mean that they can break the law and park however and where they like and, and forget council laws just Definitely because not. of that. No? Definitely not. Right. But that's, that's what right. they use as the defence. As soon that's as they right. do get fined, you know, you see, like, how many times do you see on, on, like, you know, sites like news.com, you know, ridiculous fine for somebody for parking on their own driveway is the headline. Or we talk about clickbait. And then you read the story and it says, well, you know, the person had two cars on the property mm-hmm. and the third car was parked, you know, and the, basically the bonnet is, you know, in their yard and the tailgate is right out to the well, curb. Well, it's not on their property. Correct, right? The property line is right there and you're Correct. outside that. Okay, but what I'm saying is the narrative in that story and the press that comes out is, you know, council's been hard on this guy for parking on his own driveway. Mm. When the reality is the story should be, you know, hey, just as an education people, these are actually the laws. That car mm. is parked illegally, not poor sod for doing the wrong thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, narrative exactly. makes it, he's the victim and yeah. You go, well, no, no, you're actually the perpetrator. Yeah, and in your driveway, as soon as it comes onto council land, that's not your driveway anymore. Yeah, correct. Your yeah. boundary finishes at your that's boundary, right. and then so you know, call your driveway to your boundary. Yeah, it's an access it's, road effectively to cross the medium strip, right? It's a bit like footpaths, Jace. You know, the the average home consumer mows their footpath. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's council land, but you're you're doing it to. To, to maintain after. your yeah. property. But, mate, I can tell that's you... That's not your property. No, correct. And I can tell you that there's places around my, my side of Springfield, Same over the on highway... Side where they don't look after it? They will, they will mow their yard. Their yard looks pristine. But that footpath out the side, mate, it can be near high in grass. So... At, Council at will what, then come along and slash it. Yeah, so at what point, you know, exactly that. So how but often... But it gets, it gets to ridiculously... That's looks right. like junkyard length That's grass. right, before they turn up before to do anything. Before they slash it, yeah. So we pay our council rates yeah. to have maintain, maintenance on footpaths, mm-hmm. yeah. nature strips, yeah. parks. Yeah. So why aren't they coming around every second week and mowing our nature strips? Yeah. I think it's a bit of a social contract that we've developed, right? They're sort of like going, you live here, you know, you, yeah, you take care of that patch. Mm. And I think socially most people but accept that. But legally we uh, don't have to. No, correct. Correct. Right. But I think that's probably, like I said, a social contract that most people, you know, you can even see some footpaths and nature strips right out to the road, mate, there. You know, even yours, right? You get your yeah. cylindrical mower out and mm. that looks – and even I know the guys around the corner, you yeah, drive yeah, in, there's yeah. two houses next door. Like, it just yeah. looks like bowling greens yeah, no. all the way. So they take pride in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where community thinks that if you own that house, you know, you're going to take pride in not only your property but that out the front. But, yeah, right, it's council's responsibility, it's council's responsibility, responsibility. at the end of the day. Yeah. So should we send them an invoice for mowing that? No. Why? No, I don't think that's, you know. Why? That's, that's not going to So if fly. we left every single footpath long and made the council come and do it, do you think our rates would go up? No, no, I think they'd just slash it as they do when they're they doing all the other services. 
Yeah. They wouldn't be able to keep up. You imagine every single footpath yeah. in the Ipswich City Council jurisdiction mm. that had to be mowed by the council. Do you think they could keep up? Oh, no, I don't think they can even keep up with the um, the They medium, can't keep up the, with the parks, mate. Yeah, the medium strips and everything else. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, look, and So, so your, your point should is we what? send them an invoice? No. Why? No. That's their land. We're looking after their land. Yeah, well, just don't mow it and let them do it. Okay, so I'll call them every second week and say, come mow it. Yeah, go, and think, if you don't come and mow it, I won't pay my rates. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, but this is realistically... No, 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 you, you don't have to mow it, right? Like, that's that's if, a if business decision. Well, you, you not paying your rates has got nothing to do with their land out the front not being maintained. Okay, but if their land is not maintained and then that's a hazard for pedestrians... Is that an issue? No, you've got a concrete path there. They'll say that the path is maintained. But not every house has a concrete path. I, I, I know, mate. I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm Do just saying... Do you know saying, what I mean? Yeah, but that's sort of rebellion and chaos kind of bullshit that I guess you're never going to win against the council by saying, look, if you're not maintaining this, I'm not fucking paying my rates. They're just going to go, good luck, here's a court order, pay your rates or we'll fucking you know, resume something to get our money. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of it, right? But then if I go outside and trip over their long grass well, and sue them... yeah. Exactly. And then they're getting sued by every single ratepayer in the in the community. Yeah, but mate, well, that, I think that's a fallacy, though. You're not going to get everyone to do that. Most people are just going to mow the front footpath like you do now. Yeah, because we're we're ants in that respect. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But you see what I mean? Like, you, I, I totally get your premise. If, mm. if everybody did, but that's not going to happen. Mm. You're not going to have all the people turn around and sudden and just change what we've been doing culturally in in this country for hundreds of years. Because we're yeah, but we're yes men in this country, right? Do you well, agree with that? No, no. I think look, I think. I think realistically we've got a social contract, right? We live, mm. we live in a country with laws. We live in certain things where, you know, look, I mean, even look, you talk about people don't even maintain their own yards, right? Junkyards and shit and everything else in there. But and that's then, a yard. Yeah, but even then council will intervene and other Why? people will come in. Well, because there's hazards, right? There's, there's community well, there's hazards help. on the footpath. Yeah, well, do you understand what I mean? I, yeah, like I said, everything, everything, our world is full of paradoxes, right? We just talked <laughs> yeah. about parking laws where people yeah, I know. apply. I know. I'm not having to go at you directly. No, no, I'm no, just no. saying in general, right? I, I get it, right? Yeah, I, I get it. Like, the, the thing that I have with when people park on the footpaths, right? And one of the reasons that council do it, one is because you could just imagine, right? And and this is, goes back to like we were talking about with smoke. It's just some consideration for other people, right? So let's take that scenario, like someone parks in your driveway, for example, right? You've got your two cars on your land and someone comes to visit you. So they're going to go, I'm just going to park on Glenn's driveway. So their nose goes to the back of your ram and then the yep. tail's out. So they're now effectively the correct, right? So let's just say that there's somebody like an older guy who lives in the Springfield area. He's got a mobility scooter. He's come around the footpath. He, he can now no longer proceed past your house unless he traverses out, right? And what's he going to do? Go back to the previous driveway and go down smoothly or is he over the gutter? He's got to go out onto a, a public road to get around you and then back on there, right? So you can yep. understand why. That, that is actually, you know, one of the reasons you can't do that, right? Yep. Now, some people say, well, hang on, so if there's a footpath there, I won't park on it, but if, there's no, if it's just a grass verge, that's okay. Well, that's not the case as well, right? Because there's mm-hmm. nothing stopping pedestrians who can legally walk on that thoroughfare, right, just because it's not bitumen. The problem that well, I have, and you talk about yep. council maintaining stuff, mm-hmm. where I live and when I walk to the train station, right, there's been – People who, who run home businesses, right, and, and good on them. Um, but let's just say, for example, that they're running, like they're a tradie. So they've got a heavy ute full of shit and then they've got the trailer full of tools, right? So every afternoon they come home, they drive up their neighbour's driveway, drive 10 metres down that concrete, oh, not the concrete, sorry, but the, 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 the turf nature the, strip, yep. park in front of the house, and then yep. the next morning they drive along three metres and out Creates their driveway, right? Not only a pothole, we're talking canyons of erosion and everything else, right? 
Now, some of that happens in my area. Now, council don't, even if that person was renting and has moved on, council never comes back and repairs that. No. And I can guarantee you, like in a lot of my area, I don't have footpaths. And if I'm walking home at night from the train station, the street lighting is very sparse. Mate, mm-hmm. I'll walk down the road, right? No, I'll have to, because yeah, because right. The, right. the nature strip is so bad and Unsafe. so eroded and dangerous, you, you wouldn't walk down it, right? Mm. And so is that council's responsibility yeah, to fix that? Correct. But you can see why they also want to say, I think we've got laws so you can't do that. Yeah, Because also you've got to remember, like, where we are, we have underground power, we have all our telecommunications and everything there, yeah. right? So we, we have obviously issues that if you're doing that and compressing, like, you know, you can be impacting services and, yeah. and whatnot. And we've even got an NBN. So over near where I am, there's an NBN um, node. It's got one of those, you know, it looks like a, like a big dick, you know, the big round cylindrical yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. So there's a guy you know, over my side who parks between a tree on his front property and that. Right? His car almost is like five centimetres from it every day. Mm. And you just got to want like, you know, that's starting to lean and tower. But everybody's yep. NBN connection to the node actually terminates through that, that yep. patch thing. So if you're running a home business and your NBN's down for three days. Well, it's, even just if you're just not even, just imagine something like he just drives into his, because he, he parks half out on the street like and half on the property, just goes in on a 45, so almost on the footpath. But if he just hits that, mm. right, or he's just parking a road, like I said, it's starting to become a leaning tower of Pisa through compression. If he yep. breaks the conduit that's servicing that and the, the splinters from that break, you know, copper pairs going to, you know, 20, 30 homes. Yeah. One, he's probably going to be up for that, mm. right? But two, that's a disruption to, you know, so you can see why council sort of saying, don't park here. Yeah. Because of, because of things like that, services, 100%. electrical, underground, and yeah. you know, and other things. But do you um, think he knows the rules? But no, no. Look, and, I, look, and once again, not having a go at anyone. I think it's no. just like you said earlier. There's so many rules and laws we can't that keep up. People people can't be across them, right? Mm-hmm. But once again, we, you know, we're in that situation. But just not knowing is not a defence. Yeah. Another thing like Jason and, you know, when we, when we get an ABN, oh, sorry, not an ABN, the tax file number yeah. at 14 and nine months or whatever, um, you know, at what point do you sign up to give away 30% of your money? Well, when you live in a society that that's a social contract, right? But what so social you, contract have I signed? Well, you haven't. It's the fact that you live in a country where you have laws. If you don't like it, well, you go and move. But I was born here. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so what I'm saying is you've been born... You've been... Look, you've even been born into... I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Right? But the thing is, as a society, we have laws, rules, right? We have policies. And whether we like it or not, you know, you can say politics is shit and we don't like the way that I don't vote for the people, but they always seem to be, you know, our governors. I don't, you know, support policies and, and rules. But, you know, once again, the majority, you know, comes up with that. And, and that's the, you know, like, so, so just the fact that you're born into into this environment, you don't have a say, but you have a choice. Do we have a choice not to pay tax? No, you have a choice if you don't want to pay taxes, fucking off and go and live somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? You just, you just can't. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, right? You turn around and say... I didn't sign up to give away No, but you, did, you, you, didn't, you didn't sign up as well to earn cash. You live in a society where you actually trade you know, goods and services through, through money, mm-hmm. right? But we pay for that through our business. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if I do a job, I've got to pay tax through my business and oh, all I get that. that. Yeah. So, as a business owner, if I earn a hundred dollars, yeah, thirty percent of that profit goes to the government through my business, and then any wage I pull out of it, thirty percent of that, or forty-two or 
47. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, to be fair, though, I think a lot of businesses, you've got a lot of things probably open to you as a businessman that individuals wouldn't have. Yeah, I totally like in, agree instant, with that. Instant asset, you know, tax write-offs and deductions for your business yes, and, and, and other things, correct. right? So. So yep. I think, and I think this is where small business is the backbone of Australia, right? Because percent it is. You can you can use your business to your benefit. You right? can to a certain degree, and, and, and write off a lot of tax, right? Yes. You can do that, acknowledge, yes. right? But then anything that you do, pay yourself. Well, you're just like you and you know, like me, right? Where you've got I'm, to pay your I'm share. I'm an employee of my own company, even though I'm the director of that company. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. So I mean, yeah. So I think. This is the thing that, once again, back to this social contract, right? If we want to live in a society where people have, you want to have hospitals, you want your kids to go to a state school, you want roads, you want the council to come and collect your rubbish. Well, that, we pay for that. Correct. Through but that, rates. That, but that's him saying that that's exactly why you pay tax on the money that you earn, right? Because what you're paying to the, to the federal goes into things like hospital. Yes, I right. agree with that. Hospitals and schools, no problem. Yeah, well, yeah. Lots but of is that 30% of my earnings? Well, mate, that depends on, on what tax bracket you're in, right? But then, Yeah, that's right. But then you've got smokers who pay every, every packet of cigarettes they buy. Correct, yeah. Is, it might cost $10 to make, right? Yeah. By the time it gets to the consumer, it's $50. Oh, they're paying a massive tax, right? We pay that's tax right. through cigarettes. You pay tax through fuel. That's right. Yep. Alcohol, all of that. Yeah. So shouldn't that cover the, you know, part of the hospital bill as you get older and you get those, those well, um, so what medical see, what, implications yeah. through lung cancer... Um, pancreatic cancer from drinking too much, liver cancer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You've already paid your due. Yeah, but hang on. What if you don't drink and you don't smoke and you get lung cancer? Should you not go to hospital and go, well, you weren't a smoker, mate. You haven't paid any tax. No, you paid your tax. How? But you know, under the model yes. you're talking yeah, about, yeah, you're talking you, about you're a consumption not paying tax model. At all. Yeah, That's right. you go, hang on. You didn't drink, so you didn't pay any alcohol tax. You mm-hmm. didn't smoke, so you didn't pay that. But you've mm-hmm. got lung cancer. Yeah, passively. Well, fuck off. You're not getting hospital admission because you've not contributed any tax to that service, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I right? totally understand what, what you're, what you're talking saying. about. It's a, it's a fundamental thing, right? You've always got people who, you know, tax policy. You know, and I guess this is a hard thing. Everyone's always going to have a different opinion, right? We talked about it with you know stage three, you know, stage three tax cuts, and mm-hmm. people going that's not fair, and people on the higher end paying higher percentages, people on lower incomes. Look, you know, everyone's in a different situation, right? So, but I think what you're talking about now is: Do we have a tax system where you get taxed when you spend it, mm. or do you get a you know do you have an income you know, like a system where you get taxed when you earn it, right? Do you get taxed when you well, save? We get taxed on both. We have both. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Which is fucking rooted from both ends of the society. Yeah. Do you, do you agree with that? I do. Yeah. Well, but, but yeah. I mean, I think if we look at why. It's, once again, it's back to the social good, right? It's the same thing as like somebody who's earning a couple of hundred thousand dollars, right, running a business. You go, why am I paying more tax? Yeah. Why, why should old mate around the corner here... Who's on $80,000 a year, or even less, getting so he's getting 90% subsidy. He's on JobKeeper and doesn't want to work. Yeah. Why am I paying for him? Yeah, and he can send his kid to fucking daycare for five dollars yeah. a day, and he seems to have a brand new bloody um, you know Ford Ranger in the driver. Yeah. That's eighty thousand dollars. And he's playing his PlayStation for four hours yeah. a day because he can't be asked yeah. getting up before ten o'clock. Right. But see, and, and then right? this this is the hard thing, right? But if we sat and had somebody here and here now who is in that situation, they'd tell a different story. They'd go, oh well, um, you know, like you you grew up in Goodna, right? There'd be mm. a lot of people in there going, look, I've, I've always grown up through a family that's uneducated. I don't have that. Um, I don't have the same, you know, skill set to go and, and you know, like yeah. you, you could argue, oh, yeah, yes, you do, right? But I'm not going to go there. No, of but course not. they could sit there and go, look, you know, I've I've been here, I've got mental health issues, I can't work, mm-hmm. right? So, so that person there is not paying tax; they're getting a lot of benefit, right? So mm-hmm. their outlook on the tax system is awesome. It, this is great. Well, no, it's going to be different to yours. Yeah. 
right? 100%. Look, and, that, and that's just the thing. Like most people want to have, you know, what they earn. But I think, once again, if we're born into a society where there's a structure and law, we don't really have a choice, right? We're actually pretty fortunate to live in Australia. And, we and are, the, definitely. Right? Definitely, our, our lifestyles, you know, you could just imagine. I imagine poor, you know, the blokes in Ukraine at the moment or families mm. who are, you know, trying to go about their own and for whatever reason, they've not done anything and they're, you know, they're getting fucking bombed and they're going mm. into a winter with no power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I totally understand that. It's a total we're, different we're pre- kettle of yeah, fish. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate. But I mean, yeah, I, I get your proposition. So I think what we've done is, as a society, um, you know, is we've come up with a model, once again, rightly or wrongly, I'm not, not taking sides here, that for the best intention of people, they're saying, look, everyone who, who earns something needs to contribute something back. Agree. Right. And, and for, for rightly or wrongly, the governments have decided that here's the model that we're going to use. You pay a percentage of what you earn. And then on certain things that you consume in the community, like because we never had a GST, right? Mm. But now, but you always had all these other indirect taxes. That's right. So now that's they right. just go, it's ten percent on there, but we're not going to yeah. do it on certain goods. Yeah, They're saying, right. you know, f- mm-hmm. fuel, like pretty much fifty percent, I think, of what you're paying mm. fuel is tax. Smokers, like you say, they get stung all the time. We're talking about you know smokers at the start of it. Um, you know, there's massive amounts of tax, and they just keep pushing up the tax to yeah. try and stop people. Yeah, right. That's Is it just try the, and stop people or, or make more revenue. No, it's just mate. That, that's a mechanism to try and make them like smoke Quit. so unaffordable that they just because because you got to remember, if people were out there smoking like we were in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? Imagine how much they'd be spending on health. Yeah, I totally right. agree. So, right. so what they're doing now is they're trying to go, we want people to quit. They run quit campaigns. They fan campaign that, and they make the thing so unaffordable. Hopefully, that you know, people, but it's an addiction. I, yeah, I get it, but there's help for them. Um, but I think their objective is right. This concept of if we push the price up, your people right, will stop. People are gonna. It's gonna be unaffordable, mm-hmm. and and then I think they it's like quit. Two dollars a cigarette now. Oh man, I, I couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't even tell you. Yeah, but yeah, it would be phenomenally expensive. Right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And what does the money? What does the government do with that money now? It just goes into revenue, right? Look, most things just go back into general revenue, right? Mm-hmm. So this whole concept of you know, if we take money from Smoking goes back into hospitals to treat lung cancer, or yep. if we take fuel excise that goes back into roads. Well, yeah. Right? Then it doesn't work like no, that. Right? No, Speeding that's right. fines don't. Do, what they do no. is they basically just go, "Here's here's our all the different ways that we can collect taxes, right? And this is what we estimate. And then mm-hmm. this is like a family budget. This is how much we're earning. And then this is what we can spend on programs back in the community. So I think the government's doing. Um, you know, we've just hit an hour, so Have I'll we? wrap. Yeah, really? Yeah, I know. I know it goes oh my fast. God. That's crazy. Um, but like, it's a government turnaround. Like one of the things that you know, I think we were talking about recently is like speeding fines, like cameras and you know the yeah. seatbelt cameras and, and the, the fines. Yeah. It's not but, stopping people from wrapping themselves around a pole, drunk and killing no, exactly, five people. Right. Someone who's driving down the, the Logan Motorway at five kilometres over is not the guy who's having the accident. It's the guy That's who's right. doing thirty-five or driving recklessly or doing a U-turn in front of one, like. Right. Yeah, we can have that. Maybe that's, a, another, that's another, discussion. another episode. But the reality is, though, that our government still sits there and says, look, in our budget every year, we expect to make X million of dollars from, from fines. Which right? is just another tax. Correct. Right. It's another revenue. Think of it as a revenue stream, right? If, if you think of governments, I think a government's a bit like a business, right? Unfortunately, they're not, they're not like what we seem as these people doing the right things. They're a business, right? Yeah. They, they go, how much money in? How much yeah, is it to run our services? Right. Exactly. Right. There's just recent articles about Queensland's learner license, you know, like learner permits are the most expensive in the country by okay. multitudes of seven. Like it's incredible. And I think your learners is for three years and they go, oh, it's for three years. But most people do their hundred hours and get it on their, you know, 18th birthday or whatever. So why are they buying a three-year learner license if they're mm. only usually using the license for a year? 
mm-hmm. right? And the fees. But anyway, once again, government turn around and go, well, as a business, we need to run a department of transport. So we need to go, Rego needs to be this or, you know, Rego's yeah. you know, number plate. This yeah, yeah, they need to make a percentage out of each sale. Yeah, they're trying to go, okay, we need to recover the costs of, of running that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like a fee-for-service model. But I think the reality is is they're trying to coop back or run as a business. They want to try and make as much money as they can as a business yep. to cover all of their expenses as a business. Yeah, but, you know, when you, when you run a budget in a household, Jace, as you know, we don't go out and splash our money around. For, for things that aren't giving back to the community or back to our budget, right? So you're not going to go out and buy um, pizza every night when you can do a home-cooked meal. No, okay. no, but a family's a bit different to a government, right? Because yeah, government, you know, how many interests you got, right? Using on a, using on a, on a, on a left-to-right scenario here. Yeah. Okay. So the people that are sitting at home doing nothing, playing PlayStation, can't be asked going to get a job because I'm uneducated, I'm this, I'm that, I'm rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Then they can send their kids to childcare for five dollars a day. Yeah, how is that good spending from the revenue we're raising? Well, look, and I think this is the thing. If you look at people at the moment, right, is there everyone's screaming saying that if you're on JobKeeper or you're on benefits, you're well below the poverty line and you can't leave, you can't afford rent and everything else, right? And I think there's a deliberate mechanism from government to make it so, because they don't want to be giving you money. Mm-hmm. to not be out there working or doing something, right? Yeah. So I, I would imagine that that person that you're talking about who's playing paste, um, PlayStation doesn't want to work and everything else. It's got Third a pretty, or fourth generation. But they've got a pretty blocher. miserable life, right? Yeah, that's... They it, can't go on holidays. No, they can't go on holidays. They can't go and get that $300 a night hotel on the Gold Coast and spend with their family. do they want that? No, but I'm just saying is that they're going to have very little cash yeah, right, I totally on, agree on that with money, you what you're right, saying. To, to have a... So... But look at their life compared if, to hours like where we go to work 60 hours a week. Correct. Yeah, if they're happy just to go, look, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a house that my family's inherited. Or I've got enough money just to cover rates. Yeah, or Do whatever or, I yeah. want to do. I get it, yeah. And they sit there and they mm-hmm. live this life of oh, we'll do what we want. Yeah. You know, we don't have a lot of money, but money's not everything. Mm-hmm. But they get to spend a lot of time with their kids yeah. where you and I go and work 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then we get taxed at this fucking stupid rate where we have to keep going to work, try and cover everything. Yep. Do you understand what I mean? Like, I, I do. I who's do. got the better life? It's like the Fijian that sits on the beach and goes fishing eight hours a day and goes, I'm happy with these three fish I caught today. I'm going to take them back to my family mm-hmm. and we're going to live this humble life. Yeah. Compared to the guy that's chasing everything. Yeah. I, I get it, mate. It's, it's complex, right? And look, if you look the world over, you know, you've got different companies. I think next time we talk, we should talk about, you know, not, not about soccer in the World Cup, but I heard an interview with the Qataris, mm-hmm. um, you know, minister talking about values of countries, Western versus theirs. And stuff. I actually had some interesting points, not that okay. I support that regime, but, mm-hmm. but their, their point of view was they're about community first, individual second. Mm-hmm. Right, whereas Western countries about individual first Absolutely and, and community are. second, right? And, and that's probably to what you're talking about, right? Yeah. You're going, well, why am I, why am I busting my ass? Why am I, I have I'm to say. I'm fucking, I don't get to see my kids yeah. grow up yeah. because I've got so many fucking bills coming out my ass. Yeah. I have to keep going to work because my tax is this, my this yeah. is that. I've got to pay rates. I've got to pay this. I've got to pay that. I get it. The yeah. guy sitting in house commission playing PlayStation, he's dropping his kid to school every morning yeah. or daycare, yeah. goes home, cooks a nice home cooked meal, mm-hmm. gets a kid home, family time. Yeah. We don't have that. No. No, but you could. Do you agree? You, you could, right? You put yourself in that situation, but you know how miserable do you think you'd be? But then, could it, if the whole of Australia put themselves in that situation, could Australia stand up? But once again, they won't. 
No, but I'm just saying. You know, like, it's not this magic rebellion, you no, know, like this I, whole I concept totally of saying, like when COVID is, if everybody went out and protested, the laws would change. If every, like, that's just not reality, though, right? Mm. right? Any time people you, don't want to stand up, or just people can't be bothered? No, because, yeah, I, once again, you know, like that's a big ask 25 million people revolting. Right, yep. like anyone. You look at these protesters who you know do rebellion, extinction in the city. They're like they're minority groups, right? They're passionate, they're committed. Yeah. Yep. But the rest of the world, like once again, you know, you've got an opinion, I've got an opinion. So you might go, oh, hey, I'm going to rise up against this topic because I think it's unfair. But you might be in the one percent, mate. The mm, other ninety nine percent right. are going, what's this Get fucking on idiot it, on about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? no, I totally understand. What and you mean. That, and that's that's probably the hard thing. Everyone's got a different view. Everyone's got, and this is why you know politics is so polarizing between left and right. You know, things like the the voice. You know, and people how think you know that should go from you know a referendum, and it's 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 hard, right? And I guess as a society, like I said, we're pretty lucky, and I mm. think that um, it's a balancing act. <laughs> you know, it is. Yeah, it is a balancing act, and we're all just you know tightrope walking through until we you know end up in the grave. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, mate. We work sixty years or 40, 50 years by the time you get out of school, yeah. go to work. You might get fifteen of your own time. Yeah. By then, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, I'll be fucked. I won't be able to, you know, yeah, you're in a different industry, 40. Right? Yeah, yeah physical, that's right. I'm, physical. In, I'm in a very physical industry. Like, yeah. to the point now where I'm using arthritis spray on my shoulders yeah. and tiger bum most nights just so I can sleep. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, that's it. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's, it's the same thing that, you know, when I think about, um, what was, oh, I think I just lost my point. No, you're right. Um, yeah. I was just talking about, um, Oh, I can't remember if it was taxes or no. I think I've yeah. just lost, I've lost, okay. my, lost my train right. of thought, which That's is right. very unusual. Yeah, I normally just yeah, ram, you ramble know, on like, about something. Right? I'm in such a physical job where you know by the time I get to oh, sorry, 65, no, penalty rates. Sorry, this is sorry. Was, sorry yeah, yeah. It just came back to me. Sorry. Um, look, so, like, yeah, you think years years ago, right? So, if you look now, like, you get out there and you work as a business, right? If you have to work a Saturday or Sunday, you as a small business owner just go and work Saturday Sunday, right? Of course we do. So, so but here's the thing with like penalty rates, right? So, we obviously lived in a time when the weekends were valuable, right? You know, shops weren't open twenty four seven kind of thing. Saturdays and Sundays, you know, there's still places in Australia like that, by the way. Ipswich or go to go to Canberra <laughs> and fly in on a Sunday night and like there's nothing's nothing open. open, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but my point is, like, somebody could go to work, right? They could argue, go, hang on, I, I do a part-time job. I work Monday to Friday and I get this. But somebody goes and works Saturday and Sunday, right? They're getting time and a half and then double time. And if they work like this, all of a sudden they're going, well, they're working half the shifts and making the same money. Yep. Right? Where's, where's the, you know, the parity in that, right? That's right. So what you're going to do is you're going to rig yourself up and go, well, you know, I'm not going to work Monday to Friday on that casual jobs. I'm just going to go do the Sunday shifts so I can only work one day. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit because, you know, sun comes up, sun goes down. There's no difference between Monday and Sunday in most people's mind. Mm-hmm. So they'll just work the weekend, get the penalty shift and have five days off. Whereas yep. the other people are working five days a week and having the weekends off and getting the same frigging money. Yep. Right? Like, that's yep. what I'm saying. The whole system yep. all, all comes down to what your perception is, right? That's and, right. And go back a few generations, right? We didn't have, you know, the family dynamic was, um, you know, probably the mum stayed at home. Yep. Right? One and then the car. guy went to work, right? And, and that was it. Yeah, one car things like that, the, the family household was one income earner, right? Now we're in a situation where, you know, the government has to pay for you to put your kids in childcare, subsidise mm. all that to get two people into the workforce and they're just making ends meet. What, why do you think that is? 
I know we're a bit over. We no, might. We should save this for another yeah, episode. Like capitalism. I think. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah. In hundred percent. Right. It's and it's we're consumerism. Big, oh. We're such a big nation with very little population. But it, but it's consumerism, right? Yeah. I think it's like governments, right? Most families don't have an income problem; they have a spending problem. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Right. Be like, yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And and that, that just goes back to like I said, you know, people who can't afford it somehow go and buy a seventy thousand dollar Ranger. I drive mm-hmm. a two thousand and eight Navara. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I put my kids through school. Because you've been and, through hard times. Well, no, no, I'm just. You don't reckon? I'm probably just going. Look, my car does the job. Mm. Right? Why? Why do I need to go and you know go and get something that's got Apple CarPlay? I just changed my head unit for three hundred bucks or four hundred yeah. bucks. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. car goes up yeah. the beach. It's still this. You know, it's like saying I'm going to sell my four wheel drive. Well, let's say I've got a sedan. I'm going to go sell my sedan and buy a Tesla because it's going to save me money on fuel. Mm. Right. But I'm going from a petrol car that I own, I've got no debt on, right? And I might be paying $2 a litre. Yeah. But then to going out and taking a loan for a $70,000 car that I can charge from home, mm-hmm. right? But I'm putting that on finance. So I'm paying interest on that. So it becomes a $90,000 car over That's a five-year term, something yep. like that. Yeah. Because I wanted to save some money on fuel. Mm. That's right. Because right. I want to save $100 a week on exactly. fuel. Exactly. Yeah, just keep I the totally car agree. keep the car that you got live within your means and that's ninety thousand yeah. dollars of fuel that you can spend before you you know what I mean? People, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah, just yeah. go off and buy buy this, it, buy that. I think yeah. anyone under thirty five doesn't have your mentality. Like, mate, I didn't have that mentality. It's through life experience. Yeah, I totally you know? agree. Same thing. First job, oh I've got cash, do this, spend this, buy this, yep. buy this, you know, like you look at all the toys I had, you know. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Musical, PA systems, guitars, and you know anything you know, I wanted, I, buy I, I would buy. Emotionally buy. I yeah. said that to one of my workers today. I said <laughs> the secret to saving money is stop emotionally buying. Well, here's the thing: sleep on it. Mm. Just sleep on it. That's right. Don't, don't, don't make Take that the emotionally this, out of it. We talked oh. about sales of, of you know various things recently. Like how many times that oh you know, today only sale you know it's like that that FOMO fear of missing out. Yeah. Oh, I've got to grab it. But the Black Black Friday sales were a classic. You know, we were looking at that um, podcast unit, right? Um, so that retails or the RRP is twelve hundred dollars. Mm. Certain retailers have that all year because we've been looking for a while. Yep. All year for eight hundred and ninety nine dollars is the wow. best price, right? Yep. Black Friday sales come around. All of these other sales companies, guess what? They've knocked $200 off. So they've come down from the $1,200 down to $1,000. Mm. But other retailers are still selling that thing every day for, you know, $300 less yep. than the RRP. Yeah. But people will get sucked into the sale and go, yep. oh, 200 bucks off, I'm going to go buy that. And you go, but if you just did your research, sat on it, did some, you can actually realize that you can buy that every day of the week. Still for a hundred dollars off in the sale. People exactly. just get caught up in the hype of this stuff and that's right. impulse buy, and then you know how much you know buyers remorse do people have? They you know, they go and buy oh. something and go, oh that's awesome. I don't use that. I might chuck it on eBay. Especially coming into Christmas too, right? Yeah, people buy things and then have remorse come January. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And um, one of the guys that's in the community here, Sloan, um, he's a Mm. Sort of like a my budget now, but on a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he speaks about, um, you know, not buying things on credit cards. Cut your credit card up. If you can't afford well, it, don't buy. Now, buy now, pay later, all those, those schemes. Oh. Right? You, you talk about choice, yeah. right? And I know that you're pro-choice. On, on, now, I mean, <laughs> we're not talking in, in um, you know, like pregnancy pro-choice. You're talking about if you make decisions, you live with your consequences, yeah. right? But and once again, we've, we've set ourselves up in an environment now where we used to have lay-by, right? You used mm. to go into yeah, something, put the item yeah. away and then pay it yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they've yeah. just flipped the lay-by to have now pay later. That's right. Um, but Correct. Basically, that's just like mini credit cards on crack, you know, for that's kids. That's right. They walk in somewhere and go, oh, I can buy up to $1,000 worth of stuff here, right? Yeah, let's get They're on They're not it. thinking about 
hang on, I've got a part-time job. How much of my wage, how many shifts do I have to do to pay that off? I've got to make fortnightly right. payments. Yep. Right, and then they get into that cycle of just going, oh, I can just have this stuff, right? Same as the credit card, but buy yep. now, pay later yep. is exactly that thing, you know? Do you know where I seen that the other day, Jace? What's Springfield that? Lake Ho- Springfield Lakes Hotel. Buy or now, pay later. I went to the toilet. Right. You can buy dinner now and pay for it later. Wow. If you can't afford to go to dinner, don't go to dinner. Dude, I couldn't believe what I was reading yeah. on that sign yeah. in that hallway walking to the toilets. Yeah. But you, your... see, you see it everywhere. Like almost everybody's on there now. It's basically get yourself into debt. Yeah. Right? Because the business gets the money. They get yeah. paid and then it's up to, you know, the buy now, pay later to go and recruit it. So they that's care. That's exactly they get, they right. get their instant sugar hit. Right? But Crazy. yeah, the, con- the consequences are, it's like payday lenders and then everything else, right? Mm. It's... um. Yeah, yeah. I look, I think it's a challenge. Look, I have a, I have a credit card. I don't have yeah. a problem with credit cards. I have a credit card for my business. Yeah, and but, I use that as a slight overdraft every now and then. Yeah, but and I, I just use look, the the way I do it. And this is not financial advice for anyone. But I no. have a have a credit card for direct debits, right? So my internet, my Spotify, you know, yeah. you know phone bill just and comes everything. out of there. Comes off there, and then I just it's paid out in full at the end of every month. Yeah, right. Because I think you get fifty five days on most credit cards, right? Yeah, but that, even that's a gotcha, right? It's yeah. up to fifty five days. Mm. So if you're at the start of your billing cycle, you've got fifty five days. But at the end of that billing cycle, you're already thirty days in. That's right. Right. So you don't have fifty five days if you purchase on that thirtieth day of the cycle. You mm. don't have another fifty five days from there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe we should get Sloan in to talk about this in a bit more of a depth yeah. about this afterpay and this and that, you know, yeah. because, you know, coming into Christmas, it would be a good, uh, I think, good advice. And I think he could, probably could give financial advice with his accreditations. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, just maybe general. I'll, general I'll talk to him, yeah, yeah, or just general, yeah. you know, on what people should be looking out for and what they should be doing with their, yeah. you know, their budgets going into Christmas and setting budgets and well, how to be stick the same to budgets. Thing. Every, and, everybody wants to please the kid. Everyone's probably going to overspend through Christmas. But you know what? Kids forget about that shit, man. I've got seven kids. Yeah. You can go and buy them a three hundred dollar toy, and in two weeks' time, it's in the fucking corner, and no one's playing with it anymore. Yeah, but it's the sugar hit, right? They're going to expect Christmas, and parents do that, right? They're going to go, oh, they've got to have the new PlayStation, or they've got to have this, and then yeah, whether the kids like it's that that whole value you know mm. thing, and kids appreciate etc. But it's going to be the parents are going, no, no, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Yeah, We're going to get them this. They're going to get that. Oh, my kid, now I've got him. The, you know, when the hoverboards are out, oh, my hoverboards, this and scooters yep. this year, and yep. bikes this year. Mate, it's, I've got a hundred dollar limit per kid. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what your situation is, yeah. but I'm like one big item yeah. and then some small items yeah. up to $100. That's it. And hopefully some families out there that are doing it tough have gone to like the big W toy sale early Go on. Go and put some fucking bubbles for a dollar. But put Wrap the, it up. We put the item away in lay-by and paid it off and stayed within their yes. means, right? They, my Agreed. fear is the others who go the other way have the credit card, haven't paid out their credit card, paying interest on it, and yeah. then go and, oh, we've got to go buy the kids this, and they get into that same shopper, yeah. you know, sugar hit. Yeah, $400 item for the kid here. Oh, but I want to buy him this as well and buy them that. And all of a sudden they spent $800 mm. on the kid for mm. Christmas Day. Fuck that, mate. Right? Stupid yeah. in my opinion. It is, mate. Anyway, right, look, we've, we've gone a bit, bit, bit <laughs> about 18, 18 minutes longer than we wanted to. But look, if you stayed with us, hope you enjoyed the chat. And um, once again, you know, like, share this content. If you've stayed here for a, one hour and 18 minutes, you guys are legends. Well done. Um, yeah, please look, help us get the message out. Share this content around. Tell your friends. Um, we are you know, local. Yeah, well, local and beyond. I think the stuff yeah. that we talk about, you know, you could listen from anywhere. Yeah, you know, I totally it's not agree. not all just Springfield. It's I not think all just everything, Springfield. almost everything we talk about tonight is, is pretty much, you know, universal to Australia. General, agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, share, listen to a couple of guys from the shed. If you've got any feedback, suggestions, anything else, just hit us up on whatever your social media platform is of choice. And um, once again, thanks for listening, guys. And um, don't forget your dad joke. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you got a dad joke, um, have you got a joke to end on? Oh, a joke to end on. Um, geez, you put me on the spot. All right, oh, you ready? Come on. Yeah. Okay, ready? You All right. One? Three blondes walk into a bar. You think one of them would have seen it? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, mate, good one. Send us your jokes, and um, thanks for listening, guys. You guys are legends. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.